welcome, fuckers and fuckettes, to another episode of the Mofo Show. I feel a rant coming on. They start deep down, then they get all like fired up, and I feel froggy and get a rant. I want to talk about a few words today. First word, stigma. Two syllables. Noun. A mark of disgrace associated with a particular circumstance, quality, or person. Stigma. Can we use stigma in a sentence? Post-traumatic stress disorder carries a stigma of fill-in-the-blank, weakness, alcoholism, addiction, anger management, domestic violence. I mean, just just fill in the situation, right? And, and this has always been my theory that you know, people that aren't in the military, all they know about the military is what they saw on NBC, right? Like, because they watched, you know, uh, Navy SEALs. They watched freaking NCIS. They watched whatever. And from there, they've learned one thing. If you put on a uniform, you go overseas, you're going to come home, be an alcoholic, and beat your wife, right? Because that's everything that happens. You're going to dig foxholes in your front yard until your fingernails fall out. There's so many various levels of PTSD and this is what drives me nuts. You know, I was talking with my buddy Chowdy yesterday and he's talking about a friend of his that, you know, he feels clearly has PTSD and his friends like, well, I don't have PTSD. And that's where I was at, man. That's totally where I was at. Because if I had PTSD, then I had to be part of that prophecy, the prophecy of I put on a uniform, I went overseas, so now I come home and I'm crazy, right? I didn't want that. I didn't want that stigma. I didn't want people to be looking at me I, I know I'm not alone when I say this, and I know I got soldiers watching or listening to me watching my podcast. You know, watch my sound waves, man. I gotta get I gotta get my brain and my merds wixed up less so I can give you guys better information. And I just ADD'd myself out of where I was going with this. But okay, no, I didn't. Here I am. I can't stand it when people look at me and go, oh, oh. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, don't fucking pity me. I don't give a fuck who you are. Don't ever pity me. I lost contact with biological family members over that. They had a, uh, my, my ex and, and some of the family put together a going away party for my, uh, my deployment to Kandahar back in 2010. And now I was an infantryman. I was a proud infantryman. Well, you know, not to define the service. But anyways, when you when you play football, you practice. And when you practice, you practice, you practice. What is the end goal? The end goal is to play the game, right? And then better yet, we're going to win the game because we put in all this practice. What's exactly what it's like to be an infantry person? You get in, you train, you train, you train, you train, and then you train some more, and then you add on a few bonus schools, and guess what? Then you train, and then you qualify, and then you set, and you do all these things. At the end of the day, what do you want? You want to go play the game. You want to go fight. That is what infantrymen do. They fight. So anyways, back to this this going away party. You know, I'm seeing friends I haven't seen in a long time, and everybody's there. And my biological mother, who I had met not not too too uh, too long before this, took me aside and she's like, you know, hey, if anything dangerous happens over there, I want you to run. Just run away. 
I don't think I've ever been more offended in my life. Now, I understand that that was a mother's instinct and a mother's fear for their child, but it just bummed me out. Because I'm like, do you even know who the hell I am? I mean, can you even consider for a second who I am? I don't run away from anything. I... I will stand and take a beating from the rock if that's what it takes to get where I'm going. I don't run away. I don't back down, and I sure as fuck have never hidden in my life, except for some crazy ex-girlfriends where it was safer than getting shivved or straight razored or whatever they're going to do. I probably deserved it, but that, that's the better part of Valor's hiding from crazy exes. No, but it's just that that whole afternoon, evening, people are like, oh you're going to deploy, I'll I'll pray for you, don't pray for me, I'm fucking trained, I'm a goddamn infantryman, you pray for those other motherfuckers, because I'm going to rip their goddamn throats out, right, and then you come home, I'm proud, I am so fucking proud of all the things I did, I I couldn't be prouder, there's no shame in my game, I mean, there's, there's my, my list, and we'll talk about my list in another episode, but, you know, when people ask me things, the, the people that I didn't kill, that's my list. The people that I should have killed, that's my list. That's what bugs me. That's a whole other episode. But but otherwise, there's no shame. I don't, I don't sit around like, oh, my God, I was a victim. I was a pawn of the military-industrial complex. I shed blood for oil. Oh, give me a fucking break. I went over to Afghanistan. Started out as a team leader, finished as a squad leader, went again as a squad leader. I brought all my guys home. To date, I have never lost a soldier that has been a part of my team or my squad. I'm really proud of that. I'm really proud of that. Were there individual missions we ran that did not meet the commander's intent? Sure. Were there things that I wish we could have done better? Sure. Are there things that I saw and my team did that I am so incredibly proud. Hell yeah. We did what we were supposed to do. We did good shit. We didn't do anything disgraceful. We didn't do anything epically noteworthy. No one's ever going to make a movie about Cobra and Kandahar or the Bastards of Paktika. But but we did our time, man. We stood on the line and we, we stood there and, and you know, we, we smacked fuckers that needed smacking and we fucking protecting people that need it protecting and, and you, you just be proud of that right but so when I came home I had these feelings of pride like fuck my service was awesome I did good my guys came home you know low self esteem it wasn't celebrated but, but I knew that that was what mattered the most to me is that I didn't have to write anybody's mom or go stand next to their coffin and then you know I, I'm very fortunate that way and I know so many of my peers aren't, and I don't mean to downplay that to anybody, you know, and it, it's probably more luck than anything. I mean, you know, I, I missed an IED by three inches once that the guy behind me hit, and luckily all I got was knocked out. So I, I know that circumstances are circumstances, and, and, you know, half of that is luck, or most of that is luck, and I'm not, I'm not trying to, like, downplay anything. But my point is just for this conversation, I came home proud of what I did, feeling good about what I did, feeling like I had been an infantryman and I had covered my brothers, taken care of my brothers, watched my brothers, and they watched me. 
I'm not, you know, the the shepherd moving the sheep. These dudes are badasses, and I'm I'm honored. Each and every person that was ever in a team or squad underneath me, I am honored to have served with them. And, and you know, some of the leadership over me was phenomenal. So so I want to make that point very clear. But you know, that's that's positivity. And when you get home, as a fucking warrior. The last thing in the world you're going to do is admit to anybody that you're a fucking pussy. And honestly, I didn't recognize the signs of PTSD. That's kind of why I went over them a couple episodes ago because I didn't really realize what they were. Hypervigilance is a big deal, man. So much of life is just being present. And by being present, you're just in the conversation. You're just in the date. You're just in the, the family time. And you're, 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 seeing, you're feeling, you're doing and man I couldn't do that because I was watching doors, counting people, finding exits looking for bulges, you know who's making eye contact Like, I couldn't let that go but I thought that was normal it was absolutely normal that's what I was supposed to do because I'm a fucking warrior my responsibility is to to be the apex predator, I need to know what's going on in the room because I'm going to kill any motherfucker that does anything that you know endangers anybody that's that's where i'm at you know my nightmares and and, you know here's the shame on me too because i sit here and rant you know three four minutes ago about how you know it's ncis and navy seals and all these other fucking shows that teach about the military so i'm assuming that that's how i'm supposed to feel you know i'm supposed to 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 be like like some of these medal of honor Recipients that, that did these amazing things, and you know, I didn't do anything that cool. I, I, I was not the lone survivor. I, I will never be that badass. Hell, I, I couldn't be a Navy SEAL. I hate admitting that, but I mean, that takes a level of won't quit that I, I don't know that I have, and I'm not going to waste anybody's time trying to find out. But my nightmares weren't of loss and grief my nightmares were always panic my first contact direct contact I mean we have a sniper that would like launch rounds with us and we just we called him fast Freddy this guy was garbage I mean like we knew he was popping at us but the shit would go over our heads like I don't know what the hell he was shooting at us with but my first real contact we just established a patrol base in a blown out city that uh Taliban taking control of because they'd ambushed Route 1 um, the USPI convoys on there. Well, we decided we were going to take that area away from them because it was a pain in our ass and they were firing rounds in our battle space. So we go in there and I we rolled in zero dark whatever, right? Swept everything, locked it down and then, I mean, boom. Filling sandbags, putting up sea wire, constant, you know, area patrols. We got the sappers out, ripping trees down with their blowy blowy explosive goodies and you know we're just having a good old time doing all that shit and finally I get jacked up on the roof uh, I was a squad designated marksman so me and my lovely Hayden my enhanced battle rifle yeah so we're sitting up top and I'm I'm up there partnered with the ANA guy Shokuta we'll talk about Shokuta again sometime but he was he was very well educated for an Afghan National Army soldier. Spoke some English, and he was going to kill the boredom because he sure as fuck wasn't going to pull security while we were up there. But he was going to teach me how to speak Pashto. 
And uh, so we spent a couple hours up there while I was watching everything, and he was, you know, digging his fingernails, teaching me Pashto. I still don't remember anything he taught me. He was cool. I don't mean to shit on, on Shokata, but whatever. So we right behind our patrol base, we'd set up, there's a mosque. And anybody that was in, you know, towards the, the 2010, 20, you know, 14 era in, in there, knows our rules of engagement got a little bit ridiculous and evidently the Taliban knew that too but I see this guy sneak around you know the roof had a, a I don't even know what you call it, like a little mini wall that stood up I, I don't even know how to describe it but this guy pops out around the mini wall on the roof of the mosque and instantly you know he's piqued my attention like okay that mosque is abandoned nobody uses it why is there somebody on the roof? Okay. So I pick up my rifle, and I'm trying to get a scope on him, and I have a scope on the RPG that's in his hand. And I see him fire it. I see the, the trail coming. And, and all of this is in the slowest of motions. And I'm watching this RPG, and I can hear this RPG just... Now, he's 200 yards out from, well, I'm, I'm kind of in the center of the compound, so he's probably a hundred, nah, he's 200 yards out from the compound, maybe 250 from me. What do you do? Well, duh, I should have shot him. I know. Two, I should have warned everybody that there's an RPG round coming in, right? I finally like snapped out of the slow motion watching this thing do that lazy loopy spiral at us and as I was doing what I knew I should do which was take some fucking cover and get down I yelled duck that was the best I could come up with not incoming not RPG not you know distance direction any of the shit that we're trained to do I just yelled duck as I went down and now, thank God, the RPGs being as accurate as they are, they just dropped down and hit the side of the wall and actually didn't really do anything except explode and throw some mud chunks out. But, you know, it wasn't a wall near anybody was at. It was... But I just... I have nightmares about that over and over and over. And it's that failure to properly react. Now... I understand in my my logical mind that that uh, I understand in my logical mind that I made a mistake. Like I own that. Like that was a mistake. I should have yelled RPG. I should have shot that son of a bitch the second I realized he pulled the trigger because he was watching around that corner. I had the shot. I had hairs on him. Crosshairs on him. And I easily could have ended that guy. Now, I didn't know where the RPG was going. But, you know, like, from a from a warrior perspective, I should have ended that dude. And that frustrates me. But it's that inability or failure to act that haunts my nightmares. That was my nightmare over and over and over. And every day I'd wake up knowing that I was a failure and I had failed. I had looked combat in the face and froze. I, it, it haunted me. And now, who am I going to tell this to? Like, I admitted it right away to my sergeant of the guard, 
who was my squad leader at the time, came running up. He's like, what the fuck? And I'm like, I just, the guy popped out of the mosque, fired it off, and I fucking tried to yell, and I just got undercover. And he's like, okay, well, where where did it come from? I'm like, the mosque, the mosque. He's like, what? I'm like, yeah, the fucking roof of the mosque. He's like, well, you saw the guy? I'm like, well, yeah, it was just, it was so fast, you know? And he's like, all right, well, you know, let's go. They spun up the QRF, and, of course, dude's long fucking gone. You know, and we had a hard time even trying to find where it impacted because those fucking mud walls were so hammered and beat up and everything. And I mean, it, it was a non-event that didn't matter. But when I replay it in my mind every night when I'm having that nightmare, it could have been so much more. You know, like, A, I could have handled it correctly. B, you know, and I, I'm putting undue pressure on myself. I realize that now after some therapy, like, that was the first time that I had really looked oh shit in the face and you know, I walked away. And I didn't I didn't make any terrible decisions, I just didn't make any great decisions, and I held myself to a higher standard. But again, back to what we're talking about here, the stigma. I can't come back and say that to, to my squad. I can't say that to my, my my platoon sergeant, my platoon leader, and be like, hey, I fucked up, and I, I was a failure. I just froze. I didn't do what I was supposed to do. And then later on, to have nightmares about what sounds like such a ridiculously small event, I had nightmares about that for years, over and over and over. I had nightmares about the highest fuck AMP police officer that pulled his gun on our fucking working dog. And where was my gun? Sitting in the truck, because I just got out of the truck and I was undoing all my gear, taking my shit off, and I had my fucking M4 just sitting on the front seat. Oh, fuck, I should have killed that motherfucker. Ah, you know, but, I mean, these are the things I have nightmares about. And I didn't realize they were real. I didn't realize that that that's PTSD reoccurring nightmares that are disturbing it doesn't have to be night terrors but night frustrations you know and that's what they were and I woke up every day and I would just beat myself for all the things I fucking failed to do and in in a world of, of what we did over there the things that I failed to do were so minute because we didn't lose anybody I didn't make mistakes that endangered people they're more like missed opportunities. But they get me. They beat me. And I fucking hate it, man. I, oh, it drives me crazy. It drives me absolutely crazy. But it brings me to the next word, power, which is a noun. The ability to do something or act in a particular way, especially as a faculty or quality. I didn't have the power to do it. I didn't have the ability to do it. And more importantly, I didn't want to give people the power of putting the stigma on me, which leads me to my next word, embarrassment. A feeling of self-consciousness, shame, or awkwardness. Synonyms, awkwardness, self-consciousness, unease, uneasiness, discomfort, discomfiture, edginess, shame, humiliation, mortification, ignominy. Boy, I'm going to have to look up ignominy, but it looks like a really cool world. Word. Speak English. I'm on it. I got the shit. Point being, we feel 
bullies feelings internally the embarrassment the embarrassment doesn't need to be there but because of the stigma of PTSD because if we admit we are weak if we admit that we are everything that they've seen on TV just a little less dramatic and none of us have that good a hair let's face it we have to take away the power of the stigma and the only way that you can take away the power of the stigma is to say those words out loud for me it took reading on a piece of paper severe PTSD I had to be diagnosed with it before I could admit it and the coolest part is now that I've admitted it I'm I'm slowly becoming free of it it no longer has the power on me I'm no longer embarrassed by it I'm not alone I went to Strong Hope in Utah which is a 30-day inpatient facility for military I was surrounded by some of the baddest mofos I will ever ever meet in my life and to to be able to hear them tell their story and to say the words that I was thinking out loud that gave me power power for me to say my words out loud and when you say those words out loud they lose their power now that I've admitted the way that I feel I can talk about the feelings I had and I can try to figure out the root cause why are those feelings there now I'm not going to sit here and be like dude I fixed my PTSD fuck no I haven't oh my god I am going to be hyper vigilant until the day I die and it drives me nuts although if I said that to my psychiatrist she'd be yelling at me no no, no you're using all or nothing words <laughs> hey you know what Take away the power, take away the embarrassment, and smash that fucking stigma. It's what's going to give you power. Say it. Say it to yourself. Look in the mirror and say it. I have PTSD. And then ask for the help. Be the bigger person. I didn't have to ask for help. Well, I sort of did, but help found me. And I'm lucky there. Man, I beg you guys, if you're listening to this and you have not explored PTSD, explore it and think about it and realize that sometimes that shit, where you have to wear that badge. And if you wear that badge, wear that badge proudly, but get the fucking help. Because with the help, sometimes it's a little easier to get up and see the sunrise and feel good about it. I know, I know some of us struggle to get there, but pretty much all you can do. All right. Hey, today... Don't be the bigger person. Somebody runs their mouth, let them know. They fuck around, they find out. And as always, for my two-wheeled maniacs, get out there, kick the tires, light the fires, go fast, don't die, and always, 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 safety third.